Is it a daily routine for you to be overproductive? But then you get burned out, so you shut down for several hours or days. But then you feel guilty because you slacked off. Then you overcompensate to be overproductive again. And then you get burned out. And now you're in this unhealthy cycle when all you want is peace of mind. Well, this podcast is for you, me, and everyone else who doesn't have a clue on how to live this human life on this confusing planet. I'm Chez, your host for the How Do You Even Human podcast. And now I have an uploading schedule, which is every Monday because we be scheduling our day like that and we be managing our time, which brings me to the topic of today, which is the how-tos of time management and productivity for lazy but busy people like me. Yes, I am one of those people who goes through that unhealthy cycle every single day. And let's get to the first tip because we ain't wasting our time here. The first tip that I got for you is really to own your time. Your, your time is running fast. You better catch it, tell it to sit down, and tell it to do what you want it to do. You know, our own time, we can't control it because, you know, it's limited. We have 60 minutes in an hour, 24 hours in a day, 7 days a week, and approximately 4 weeks a month, and all that yada yada that, you know, we can't really control how much time we have. We can only manage how we spend it. It's a matter of really owning your own individual time. It's your decision. It's ultimately your decision whether you take a break, do your important tasks, do your everyday habits, all that stuff. Because really, it's your own life. You know, I watched this that doc where in the speaker said i'll link it in the description the speaker said that our time our time here on earth is limited you know we're all gonna die in the end anyways so really it's your choice whether you want to be productive or whether you want to take that to take that rest because you know whatever makes you happy or whatever makes you feel like you're living your best life do that you know girl we're here for a good time not a long time (laughs) and the next tip that i have for you is the pareto principle by this esteemed economist named pareto duh and he has the pareto principle is what is more, more commonly known as the 80-20 rule. Now, what is the 80-20 rule? 20% of your efforts produce 80% of the results. Only a small portion of what you do contributes to most of your outcomes, to simply put it. And how, how we can concretize this is that in the Pareto principle, perfectionism isn't favorable because 
You're spending so much time on these little unimportant details that you forget to to focus on the essential things that will produce more of the results, you know, either way. And how we can apply this in our own life is, for example, when you're studying, you just have to get the main points. You don't have to go through every single paragraph and every single line to actually learn something to apply or to write down on your test, right? And another is when you're doing your presentations, I think we've all been here wherein we spend so much on one slide, you know, perfecting it, perfecting it and making it engaging that we forget to focus on the other slides and now we have so much, so less time to do our other tasks and now you don't have time anymore. So you just have to, you know, see the bigger picture and know what's important and do that first. You know, if if you're if you're taking so much time, you know, organizing everything and spending so much on the little details that really won't contribute to the outcomes, then you're wasting your time. If you know if you're spending so much time on the aesthetics of your Notion workspace, yes, college students, I'm looking at you, and you're not actually spending time on your assignment that's due at 11.59pm tonight, then you're making Pareto, you're disappointing him, you're disappointing Pareto. And then the next tip that I have for you is... The Parkinson's Law. Now, what is this law we're talking about? Parkinson's Law states that work expands to fill the time allotted. Put simply, the amount of work required adjusts, usually increasing to the time available for its completion. You know, do you ever wonder why you work so well and you work so fast under pressure or you can finish that 1,000-word essay that you've been procrastinating during midnight when you have less than an hour to finish it. It's because of Parkinson's Law. And, you know, we usually overestimate the time that we actually have to complete our daily tasks that, you know, we're putting it off and we're not... You know, like the par- like the Pareto principle, we're not focusing on that 20% that we actually need to complete and produce most of our results. And then the next tip that I have for you is the Pomodoro technique. So I found this from our website called francescocirillo.com. So I'll just read that because it explains it well. The core process of the Pomodoro Technique consists of six steps. Number one, choose a task you'd like to get done. Something big, something small, something you've been putting off for a million years. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. What matters is that it's something that deserves your full, undivided attention. Number two, set the Pomodoro for 25 minutes make a small oath to yourself you gotta say this to yourself girl i will spend 
25 minutes on this task and I will not interrupt myself. You can do it. It's only 25 minutes. Number three, work on the task until the Pomodoro rings. Immerse yourself in the task for the next 25 minutes. If you suddenly realize that you have something else you need to do, write the task down on a sheet of paper. You better not shift to that other task that you just thought of. Number four, when the Pomodoro rings, put a check mark on a paper. Congratulations, you've spent an entire interruptionless Pomodoro on a task. Number five, take a short break. Breathe, meditate, grab a cup of coffee, go for a short walk or do something else relaxing that's not work-related and then your brain will thank you later. Usually, this takes five minutes for me. And number six, every four Pomodoros, take a longer break. Once you've completed four Pomodoros, you can take a longer break that's around 20 minutes or 30 minutes, that would be good. And your brain will use this time to assimilate, well, big word, new information and rest before the next round of Pomodoros. Now, I won't explain it because it's really, everything is there. And an app which can help you with your Pomodoro is this app called Forest. It's on Apple Store or Google, or Google Play. And the thing about Forest is that there's a tree. Once you, once you set the timer for 25 minutes, the tree will start to grow. And you can do your task. But once you pick up your phone, the tree will die. Do you want the tree to die? No. So you better work on your task interruptionless, okay? And those are just like several principles and ideas that you can apply. Now, what about the specific tools that you need? You know, calendars versus to-do list. You know, you have to choose you have to choose whether you want to implement a calendar or a to-do list, you know, know know what what's best for you. How I decided whether um whether I should do a calendar or to-do list, you know. If you're a person who needs control and, you know, some rigidity and strictness in your life to actually complete a task, a calendar will work good for you. But if you're a person who thrives on spontaneity and flow and one minute after the other, you're doing so much stuff and something comes up and your day isn't really set that's when you choose to do a to-do list. Now, how to actually do it well? How to actually properly do a calendar or to-do list? Now, for calendar, we call this calendar blocking. Now, CEOs use calendar blocking. So if you want to be as successful as them, you better go do your calendar blocking. Now, the good thing about calendar blocking is that you can actually see, you have a visual on what on how much time you need to do for a certain task and when you can have breaks and all that stuff and the beauty of calendars is that you know when to say no so you don't have to be burned out because you're you know you're um simultaneously doing two tasks at the time and the thing about calendars is that you know if you're 
if you get daunted, if you're daunted by the strictness of it, what I can suggest for you is to leave a day or two off. You know, those those days or that day when you can just be free and do whatever you want that you're not you're not bound by the blocks of of your calendar blocking. And if you're a to-do list person, you you would want to have one list for the daily, weekly, and the monthly. And the tricky thing about to-do lists is that if you don't cross out everything, you have this sense of, you know, lack of accomplishing your tasks and you're like, no, I wasn't able to complete my to-do list. So what you should only put on your to-do list so that it doesn't affect you badly is only important and urgent tasks. You know, tasks that are due tomorrow or tasks that if you don't do, your house will burn down or something. You know, don't put, you know, usual habits or usual daily tasks or breaks because, you know, those are just stuff that will provide extra clutter to your to-do list and you're actually kind of cheating your way through your list if you cross that out because, that's already a daily occurrence for you. And what I put, or rather, how much I put in my to-do list are limited to only seven. Actually, I only limit it to five because I need my breaks and I need my rest or else I'll get so burned out. And the thing about you know, doing only five or seven is that we only have such limited hours in a day. We overestimate, you know, that 24 hours, you know, one third of that is for sleep and another third of that is for hygiene and survival purposes like eating. So you have, you know, eight hours left and you still have, you know, breaks in in between. So yeah, just do five or seven, whatever works for you. And when you should do your to-do lists are the evenings of the day before. And why you should do it in the evening of the day before is that maybe you already did something that you were supposed to do tomorrow. Now you don't have to put it in your to-do list of the next day. And if you're doing the to-do list at the end of the day, that's when we usually start to remember everything, you know, at night. That's when our brain works so so much so yeah doing your to-do list the evening before the next day makes makes sure that you know you already have a guide for the next day if you're starting it you know if you're starting your to-do list at the morning you'll feel like oh my gosh i have these so these things to do and it's gonna it's gonna be so daunting on you so yeah do it the evening before the before the that day and the next tip that I got for you is a two-minute rule. Do you have a mug or a trash or a plate that you need to put away that's on your desk right now? Do it. Put it away now. Do it now. It won't take much of your time. Do it now. Are you done? Okay. See? That wasn't so hard. You know, if you have something that you could do under two minutes, just do it. You'll feel instantly productive and that won't bother you. At, at, that won't bother you anymore at, in the middle of the day. It's just out of your mind already. 
The next tip that I got for you is to spend your mornings doing your MIHs and spend your productive hour on your MITs. Now, what are these MI somethings that you that I just told you? MIHs are most important habits. Habits or tasks that you need to do every day to make sure that you're a functional human being. So eating your breakfast, because sometimes we do forget to eat, cleaning your room, cleaning whatever, uh, working out, um, taking out the trash or something, just so that it's out of your mind and you start your day with being productive instantly productive so that those stuff don't bother you in the middle of your day and MITs are most important tasks now why should you do this on your productive hour why should you have a productive hour well during your productive hour you tend to work faster and you have a flow so you achieve more of your tasks and if you do your MITs there it won't burn you out in if it won't burn you out throughout your day because you already have that hour wherein your headspace is in this working mode. And another tip that I got for you is batching. Now, what is batching? Batching is categorizing your similar tasks together. And the logic behind batching is that you know you're in the same headspace for every batch of your task if you if you don't if you don't batch your tasks your brain is constantly jumping into different concepts different ideas different um, brain power that your brain gets confused and now it's going to get burned out and if you batch your tasks you're going to have that um that same headspace and same effort for this task and you don't have to you know your day is more organized and another thing about and related to batching is multitasking and you should only multitask sparingly because if you multitask too much you're gonna get burned out i learned this the hard way during high school and good multitasking is for example when you're walking your dog or watching your dishes you, that's when you can um, listen to your professors or your teachers um, recorded lecture or that's when you can listen to your favorite podcast or watch your favorite video now bad multitasking is when this is very common now that we're in an online platform for school or work that's when you're in a meeting but then in the other tab, you're also doing a task for another subject. That's just going to burn you out. And that's you're not being nice to your brain. So multitask sparingly, guys. The next tip that I have for you concerns leisure time or free time. Now, you should do your leisure time with someone, not by yourself. Because... Leisure time, especially it's for if it's for the your instant gratification, it won't really help with your long term happiness. Like sure you'll get you'll escape that one moment when you're watching Netflix, but at the end of the day, you're st you still have that that task that's that you have been putting off and that 
causes you so much anxiety and it won't help you with your long-term happiness. And if you do your leisure time with someone else, you're hitting two birds with one stone there. You're doing leisure time and you're also doing bonding time with that person. And yeah, that it's just use your free time wisely also. You know, if your free time just watch Netflix, then what I would rather do is that I'd learn a task that helps me, you know, with my skills and my happiness, for example, learning how to play an instrument because I love music. That's that's something I would spend my free time on than watching movies. You know, unless you're a film film buff or you're a film major and you love watching movies and that'll strengthen your knowledge, then go do that. And then the other tip that I have for you is to not prioritize. Now, you're probably thinking that's kind of a counterstatement to all my to all your other tips. Well, what I really mean is to not take your time prioritizing. If you're in, like at the start of your day, you're thinking, "Okay, I should do this first. No, never mind. I should do this other thing because I'm that's due the next day." And then you're like, "No, I think I should do that first because my other my other classmate or my other colleague is waiting for me to do that." And if you just do your tasks chronologically, chronologically, and if you think that doing it chronologically will just make you just just do it, you know, as like what Shia LaBeouf said for Nike, just do it, whether it's chronolog chronologically by priority, just do it, and don't take your time prioritizing so that you could just accomplish more at the end of your day. Next is to reduce interruptions. And when I think of this tip, I just think of my phone. I think in the 21st century, our phones are our biggest interruptors. You know, we're doing a task and then our notification notification sound rings and just like, okay, I should check that message or I should check that post or something and if you can i don't know lock your phone somewhere i put it in another room that's out of my immediate reach so that i'm just less interrupted with my tasks and i don't have to depend on my willpower if my phone is just beside me next tip that also concerns interruption is to beat your future self now, I'm going to give you examples on what beating your future self means. Um, for example, if you don't like working out because you still have these preparatory steps of getting your shoes, putting your socks on, putting your shoes on, getting into your workout clothes, setting a timer, um, searching for workout routines and all of that stuff, then... What you should do the day before is to already search for a workout routine. Just get anything in your closet that's comfortable for you and put your shoes in your immediate reach, for example, beside your bed. So you don't have to go through these extra steps that just demotivate you to do your workouts. Another is when, if you're a person who tends to snooze their alarm when they wake up, put it in the other side of the room so your future self doesn't have to 
you know, just snooze it. Your future self has to go up, you know, to the other side of the room. And now you're actually waking up. And if you're a forgetful person, this is my, this is my version of beating myself, beating my future self. I, if I remember something, I set an alarm on when I should do it so that I don't forget it. Or I write it in a note that's, um, within my immediate line of sight so that I don't forget on doing it. And the thing about beating f- your future self is that you don't have to depend on your willpower or mental power to actually do your tasks. You know, we can control our out- outcomes. We can control our future. And if you, you know, as much as possible, control whatever your outcomes that will go your way. And the last main tip that I have for you is to simplify your workflow. Now, what does that mean? That means that means lessening your steps that are unnecessarily unnecessary to achieving your tasks. You know, in order to concretize this, for example, if you have one app for your notes and you have another app for your documents and another app for your presentations and another app for your databases and another app for your calendars, that's just extra steps going through different tabs and doing and still checking your Wi-Fi if it's still um, okay for online stuff. If you just have one workspace, for example, Notion, if you organize your whole life there because that's an app where you can like have a calendar, have sheets, have notes and have documents at the same time. Like I think I'm shifting I'm shifting to that app soon. Then you don't have to take these unnecessary steps to go through different tabs and all of that stuff. Another is to Increase your typing speed. There's a site called 10fastfingers.com and you can just test yourself and monitor yourself to increase your typing speed. And if you do that, you're going to have less time working on your digital tasks and more time wor- more time working on your actual, you know, the essential the essentials of your task at hand. Another is to learn several reading methods, you know, academic reading methods. Like what I've stated earlier is that I read the abstract introduction and the conclusion and then I skim the middle parts and scan for keywords so that it doesn't take much of my time and I don't do unnecessary reading. And my last mini tip under simplifying my workflow is to learn some keyboard shortcuts thank god that my parents are programmers they're computer science majors and my mom taught me several keyboard shortcuts that just made my life easier because i don't have to navigate with my mouse when it comes to going through going to certain pdfs and documents and sheets and all of that stuff so, you know, it just makes my my life and my work easier. 
So that's all my main tips that I have for you. And a bonus tip, which is very applicable to my own life, is, you know, we spend so much time on YouTube. You know, three videos can take, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. So what I do is that I set my YouTube speed to 1.5. And now that I have a faster brain, well, if you have a fast brain like me, you can set it to 2. Because that just lessens my time spent on YouTube. And I actually have time for my more important tasks. <laughs> and, you know, that's basically all my tips. And you need to realize that all these tips were researched they were learned you know we we humans we aren't born productive we don't go out of our mother's womb and be like okay from one to two i will eat two to three i will cry three to five i will take a nap five to six i will play no we don't we, we're, we aren't born like that actually we're born to be the exact opposite just take our time with everything and do whatever we want to do that's whether it's necessary or not you know time isn't something you know universal time isn't something that you can control it's very much limited you know you can only manage how you spend your own time time management isn't an overnight process the best ones at it have made it a habit now the un unfortunate thing about habits is that it takes 21 days to form so what do you what do you depend on during those 21 days, you need to depend on your own willpower, your own discipline, and most importantly, your own motivation, which we will be talking about in, in the future or possibly the next episode. You know, the bottom line is, really, it's my first tip, is that to be a better human, you need to own your time this is the how do you even human podcast and thank you for watching or listening and we will be chatting again in the next episode bye bye oh ever